Hi, this is Amy Lombardi, and you're listening to TuneCore's Music Made Me podcast. I'm part of the Entertainment Relations Department at TuneCore, and I am based in Austin, Texas. Thanks for joining us today. Today, I'm going to talk to Johnny Gowdy, who has a podcast titled, How Did I Get Here? Johnny is a longtime Austinite, and we thought it would be kind of a meta idea to talk to somebody who has a podcast for our podcast. And it's not just a podcast, it's a music podcast where we talk to you, where you talk to musicians. Yes. Um, mostly so, musicians. Mostly musicians. So welcome my dear, dear friend, Johnny Gowdy to Music Made Me. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to <laughs> talk to you. In my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to talk a little bit about, about like your background. So okay. I know you're from Miami. I was born in Miami. You were born in Miami. And I moved from Miami when I was like four months old to Houston. And then my parents divorced, and then I moved to Mexico. Wow. So packed, packed it up, went to Mexico. No, my mom graduated college and went to Mexico. Okay, you didn't dude. go there by yourself. Yeah. Okay. No, no, <laughs> no, and then we lived there for a few years and wow. uh, went back and forth, but we're there mostly. And then went back to Houston after that? Went back to Houston, but we moved to California then shortly thereafter and lived. It was my mom, but, you know, my mom was a hippie lady. She had a wanderlust. She had wanderlust. And, uh, I then, can get behind that. Yeah, you know. She was swayed. She, you know, she'd meet some dudes that she liked, and she, just a couple of them: the Mexico guy and the California guy. They were both named Michael, and when I was a kid, this has nothing to do with anything. But they were referred to historically as California Michael and regular Michael. <laughs> <laughs> we we had those separations with my grandparents. We would call, yeah, we would call them by different grandma. Yeah, connotations. But when then when I was we after my mom and California Michael split up, we moved to Texas, and I lived in the woodlands mm -hmm. from fourth grade to ninth grade, and then after ninth grade we moved here, and then my mom died when I was uh, at the beginning of like eleventh grade, and then I moved to Miami to live with my dad after that, and then I moved to Houston for a while, and then I moved here in nineteen ninety one. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you, I moved around a lot. You really did. Yeah. When and at what time did you start playing music? Because you're a multi instrumentalist. You're a songwriter. You're a singer. Yeah. Um, my mom made me start taking guitar lessons when I was 13. And when I say made me, I just didn't want to do it. I wanted to act, but I didn't. I just it didn't hit me. I was around a lot of musicians growing up. A lot of my mom's friends were musicians, and uh, still people that I'm friends with. And. Um, I didn't want to do it, and then uh, when I was when I was thirteen, like later that year, I went to a Cheap Trick concert with some older kids, and the first thing that struck me was I just was in love with Cheap Trick. Like they looked like they were looking at each other, and they would laugh at things, and I was like, "What? Are, they're like they're friends. Yeah. Like they're <laughs> there's something they know that we don't. They're like the coolest guys in the room." And then like I started a band with my friends, and we just. I didn't stop. <laughs> well, yeah, because I was looking at your, you know, I was looking at your website, and and you really have been playing music for four decades, and yeah. you've played. Um, I mean, you've played. You had your own band, which was signed to Electra, called uh -huh. Gowdy, which uh -huh. was named after your last name, which is a really great name for a band. Wait, Thanks. When was that? Uh, that was we got signed in 1998, and then uh, broke up in 2002. Okay. 
And then you went on tour playing guitar and keyboards and backing vocals with some folks? Yeah, I did stuff. Like, <laughs> in the Gowdy years, I did a lot of sideman stuff with my friends, like uh, with Jeff Klein. I played keyboards a few times. Jeff Klein, My Jerusalem Jeff Klein? Jeff Klein, My, oh my Jerusalem gosh, Jeff Klein. Oh, my gosh, wow. Yeah. Um, shout out to Jeff Klein. Shout out to Jeff. Uh, uh, Patty Griffin, I, yes. me and Craig Ross played these weird things with her. And, um, <laughs> like I played this weird electronic box. I was box. like, what is that, a maraca? <laughs> it was more than a maraca. It was like an electronic synthesizer with these little tiny, it's, I don't know, she wow. liked it because it was weird. And so, yeah. uh, but yeah, I did that with a lot of people. And I toured with this band, Endosheen. That was like a okay. buzz band at yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then I went back into doing my own thing and. During that time, I joined Skyrocket, which is the cover band that I'm in, that I've been in now for 17 years. Wow. I know. It's crazy. And, and you write? I write a lot, yeah. Yeah. And you co-write? I co-write with people. hmm Yeah. Throughout that whole time, I've done that. And when I started, like, before Gowdy really started, we, there was, like, just two of us. Me and Anar Peterson, who you know. And uh, at that point, he, uh, our manager was like, you should meet these other songwriters. I started writing songs with Jane Wheedlin and Charlotte Caffey. And this guy, Kevin Hunter, that was in this band Wire Train in the 80s. Okay. He's a great songwriter. And I learned a lot from him. And all kinds of people. Like, do you know Abby Travis? I don't think this so. This crazy chick. She plays bass with the Go-Go's when, when uh, Kathy isn't there. Okay. Did you know what's weird is I introduced her to Jane. She went on to play with the Go-Go's later, but I was, I don't know how I ended up writing with her, but somebody was like, oh, When Kathy's not there, meaning Kathy Valentine. Kathy Valentine, yeah. Other when Kathy wasn't Go-Go there. Yeah. Lives in Austin, which is amazing that we get to enjoy yeah. her. I have a band with her. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's called Lady Band Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> call that like a knockoff of Lady Bird Johnson. It's yep, yeah, it is. It's a, a knockoff take, of the take. take yeah, take it was off. Kathy's Kathy's she wanted to have that band name for a long time. <laughs> and so that's what and so that band is like uh it's like a just total garage rock band that we just like just all rock and roll loud. That's fulfilling. Yeah, super fun. You just get it all out. Yeah. So I don't know, somehow two thousand eleven. Mm-hmm is when you started doing your podcast, yeah. which I, I was going to try to like do a better lead into what it's called, but I kind of didn't when I introduced you. But it's called How Did I Get Here, yeah. which is one of the lines from a Talking Heads song. Yep. But in I a did, lifetime, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, but that's not really where I got the title. I just got it from uh, watching Nakia on The Voice. Uh-huh. On the very first season of The Voice, I had this girlfriend, and we walked down to Baby Acapulco over here, and we had some margaritas, and I was mm-hmm. like, let's go back and watch Nakia on The Voice. Uh-huh. So we were watching Nakia on The Nakia Voice. Nakia is a is, is, super gorgeous, voiced yeah. Austin singer and a blues singer. A blues singer, yeah. and he was on the very first season of The Voice, and he got picked by CeeLo. Yeah. And well, when we came back and watched him, I just kept thinking, like, man, how many people are watching this? Like... I saw this dude two weeks ago playing to about 26 people at the Saxon Pub. And now he's on this stage in this giant place, like, in, in all over the world on TV. Yeah. Like, you just tune in and see this guy. What is he thinking right now? And all I could think is, like, 
how can you even sing when you, a couple weeks ago, you were at Saxon Pub, and now you're in this situation, and all I could think is, like, he's just thinking, how did I get here? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so that's, I wrote down the name. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, that was the impetus. Well, I, I could have also come from, like, all the moving you've done. Here. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, like, it worked, because once I started thinking about the phrase, I mean, you're surrounded by musicians and artists all the time, and, like, sometimes it is a very joyous, how did I get here? Like, you're, wow, how did I get to this beautiful position? And I mean, some, there's like, so sometimes that, there's, like, a swear word right, yeah, right in the middle like, of the... How did I get here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, 2011, I feel like that it's real... No, it's okay. It's really early to have started doing a podcast. Yeah. Because I feel like... Well, I had all the stuff too. I know you have it all was the like recording equipment. all I really bought was was these short microphone stands. That's all I bought to do this podcast. So, folks, this is all <laughs> you need to start doing a podcast. Three I'll little t- microphones. I'll take stands. a photo of these microphone stands, and we can put them um, we can put them on our social so you can see what you need. Yeah, and then you, but you also need to have like this really interesting life and a delightful personality, like Johnny Gowdy does. Oh, thank you. Um, or you could have like. It was so early on. Um, is this where you started it? No, you started yeah. it somewhere else. I started okay, right so, here. So I'm sitting in the room. Yeah, where Susanna Schofell came over. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And who? And uh, Dwight. She was the first Dwight one. Twilly. Yeah, he was didn't. He, he didn't come he, here. Okay. We did a Skype. Oh my god. We've gosh, done a couple that's of Skypes. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Ian. Um, McLoggin. McLoggin from Faces I went to his and Rolling studio. Stone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'm blowing the thing. Was in the faces and the Rolling Stones. Yeah. No, it's fine. I yeah. still like the. There's still ghosts here. Yeah. Um. So why? Why did you start? Why? Why did you start doing a podcast? Because you wanted to have another platform, or because you wanted to explore another. Because, um, well, well, I always I, I loved the talk shows. Like when I was a kid, I used to watch Mike Douglas and stuff, and oh just like God. I loved it. I just loved it. I loved. And then um, uh, I would go visit my dad in Miami when I was in the summers when I was a kid. And, and uh, Larry King was on the radio before he was on TV and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would just listen to them. And it was just like that whole talking thing was awesome. And, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm naturally social like that. It made sense for me because I spent so much of my time in the 80s and 90s and 2000s Staying at clubs after the thing is over, mm-hmm. everybody leaves. There's a guy sweeping, but they let you still drink for a while. <laughs> um, and you're usually hanging out with some other musicians. Right, maybe on and tour, maybe people on tour. Maybe on tour, don't... or just your homeboys, yeah. you know, that you've known forever. So what's, when, what, where you been, man? Oh, yeah. I've been on tour so-and-so. You know, you just kind of, like, learn, and you exchange stories. So that's something that I've always liked about it, and I figured I could put that into this and I've been in this community for so long that just in my phone I had at least over a year's worth of shows you know putting out two shows a week just by calling my friends and being like hey we come over and do this thing okay so that's really interesting do you still put out two shows a week yeah okay so another another just point suggestion is the consistency i mean you took it seriously in the sense that you bought the right mics and that you you like you said you no i had the right mics. like i'm telling you i just had but all you the said right you stuff bought these these mic stands oh the that's stands. what i'm saying this, oh, the i stands. spent like 45 bucks on those stands like that's how much it cost me to start a podcast people out there you can do this mm-hmm. but um but i also appreciate that you know what what Marin told you was to like 
have a calendar to it. And and this is what like YouTube is always talk, talking about for Oh really? For, yes, like if you're going to be putting content on YouTube, um do it with some kind of consistency. Yeah. And that makes sense because think about like the TV guide, you know, that yeah. was a magazine for how many decades? Yeah. Because people wanted to know when to tune into something. Right. So it's the same thing with YouTube. Your fans want to know when to tune into something and it's the same thing with podcasts. Right. When's the new one coming? Right. Oh, it comes on Tuesday. Okay, I don't have time to listen to it on Tuesday, but I know it's going to be on my phone, and I'll listen to it on you know Wednesday morning when I'm getting ready or yeah. whatever. It's just it, the consistency really helps build a fan base. Yeah. Um, another guy that helped me with that kind of stuff is, do you know who Dale Dudley is from the Dudley and Bob show on KLBJ FM? I don't, but this is another it's a Dale big... Dudley. I could say that name all day. That's yeah, great. It's a, I got his bobblehead up there. Of course, he has a bobblehead. <laughs> well, he's is a famous Dale morning Dudley. guy. But we're friends. And when I started this, uh, he was a big inspiration to me. He did, he he did a podcast where he just was real drunk and depressed, and he turned on his mics and talked for an hour and a half, and it was, it was amazing. Like I remember listening to it in my old apartment, and then like calling him afterwards and asking if he was okay. If he was okay, yeah, yeah if he was okay. Was but it was just such an amazing. Like, he took me on this journey, and that was that was the thing where I was like, I can, like, if Dale can do this, then I could do this. Sober. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not That's so another thing is my show, that was one of the things is like, you know, there's, I don't know how much you know about podcasts, but a lot of podcast cultures, a bunch of people getting together, a lot of them revolve around drinking and yeah. like, you know. And saying things that are shocking just because you're, you want to be interesting. Right. Um, but, but, uh, this one, I, I'm not worried about being interested. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, this one, I, I was like, uh, I was like, well, this one should just not be like a drunk thing where people kind of go off the rails. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's just no, make it like a show you that you that you want to listen to when you're sober. Yeah. You know, too many people in the music industry, you're like an encyclopedia of music yourself. You Thanks. can play almost any instrument I imagine anybody would put in your hands. So like, there's no point. It just, like, takes that, some, that takes away from everything that you could, like, offer. Yeah. Um, Thanks. So yeah. Dale, Dale, Dale pushed me towards consistency, and also when I first started And it, sobriety. And sobriety. He, he also told me that uh, when I first started it, I wasn't bringing my whole personality in, like, the intros. I, I thought I had to talk like this so I wouldn't sound weird. If you so go listen I to the first few ones. I sounded, when I started recording them, I was such me too. stiff. I was so scared. Well, he was like, dude, you are a really fun guy. <laughs> and that is <laughs> terrible. Tell. Yeah, he's like, you can't tell. And then he told me this one thing. Like, I did like, I can't remember what episode he's on, but it's pretty early on. He was like, y- you need to let your personality come through more in the whole show so that people tune in to hear you. And that had never, I see, I didn't even, I didn't even get that part of it. I was like, oh yeah. Instead of just your guests. Yeah. Yeah. Cause people say, I'm going to watch David Letterman tonight. They don't go, I'm going to watch, you know, uh, I can't even think of a celebrity, Bradley Cooper on David Letterman. You, you right. go to watch that guy. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And that made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it does. That's another really great, suggestion for people who might be interested in doing a podcast yeah all right so another thing i was looking at i was looking at the the latest podcast which i think is episode seven nine six yes what does that mean johnny 
what is episode? That's 796 episodes. episodes. That's amazing. Thank you. So you know what you're doing by now. I mean, if you don't, you never going to. Well, you come here and do your podcast. I know. You know what you're doing. I, I feel like I do. I mean, I feel like I know what I'm doing in my realm. Like if I went and had to do like whatever job it is that Jimmy Fallon does, I, I don't think I could handle that kind of interview because this is just the way that I do it is so relaxed and kind of. There's people that have asked me to do some stuff. And, I mean, you know, I've done some stuff like the, the – weren't you at the one that I did with Kathy Valentine and uh, – At Native and Hostel. At Native Hostel. Like, mm-hmm. And Louis Black. Yeah, okay. So those – I'll tell you, those give me a tremendous amount of anxiety. Wow. Because, A, because there's people off-site? there. Okay. And you're supposed to do this thing. It's not that it's off-site. It's like I do some whatever sort of I want audience, right? when I'm doing this. But these people have asked me to have these specific kind of conversations with these people. And it's really stressful when what you do is just so loosey-goosey. You know what I mean? Where you're like, oh, my gosh, what do I, you know? Well, this is exactly what the difficulty I had when I started doing podcasts for TuneCore. I thought if I could just talk about anything with Johnny, sure. I would. But yeah. talking, interviewing somebody is... And you have questions that you ask? Well, yeah, I created... <laughs> <laughs> I take it very seriously. No, but I, you know, I... I talk to professionals about careers yeah. and about specific, maybe develop, career development or right. best practices, well, or how to do things. And so I want it to be something useful for the listeners. But right. also, it's not just like, I mean, right now I feel like I'm having a conversation with you because I know you so well, but I'm still trying to, I still have a list of questions. Right. I'll go, you know? I and should so, ask him. So now you know <laughs> that anxiety is real. I do. Yeah, oh yeah. It is real. You know, I don't have questions. If you want to see this, is uh, and you can take a picture of it for your people or something. But for my people, my notes are pretty. I mean, they're just kind of yeah names of albums, names of things. Dates yeah, no, that's be playing good. and stuff. But 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 I do read about them and learn stuff. But you've done almost eight hundred, yeah. which is amazing. Thank so, you. Um, yeah, maybe if I I think I've done. No, I don't know eight. Oh, I think you've done more than that. You, you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I feel like you've done like at least 10 or something. But I have a long way to go before I could just write on graph paper like that. Um, do you have um, uh, a favorite that you've done? Yeah, I have a few favorites. I have a recent favorite. I did one with uh, AC Monaro from Go Fever. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that one was great. I don't know what it is. I just, I felt great when it was done. I even went back and listened to it, which I don't do all the time. Right. I did one with Ben Dickey recently that was really good. That's cool. He's a really, you know, if the if the guest is cool and open and engaging with me, then, then we'll make this connection and it'll be like, it's like opening a faucet. It'll just kind of flow. But I do get those ones that are bad. The Ian McLaughlin one was awesome. That one was great. Um, he was so sweet. Yeah, he was a sweet man. Uh, <laughs> I uh, had a photographer come along with that one. Usually it's, it's totally intimate, but I brought along a photographer who was a friend of both of ours. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> there was a point where he had to do something before we got started, and we had to wait. He's like, go on. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to smoke. I'll step outside on your porch. And he's like, yeah. And I broke this porcelain pig of his. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. I felt terrible. I'm worried to get another one of those. 
I don't know. It looked like a side of the road thing. Anyway, Amazon. I have a lot of favorite ones. That one that I did that day at at, at a Native Hostel was amazing. Uh, yeah, the that Lewis was really Black cool. thing was great. The Kathy stuff was great. Mm-hmm. Frenchie, when he talks, is just always great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was there. That was a fun time. Yeah. They're going to do that again this year, too. Yeah. On the record. That was fun. Um, so you kind of alluded to some that are tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, why are they tougher? Is it because they've got like a more limited scope of what they'll discuss? Some people just want to talk about the... The new record. Yeah, that gets real old. And you realize, like, there's nothing that anyone can connect with, that your bass player is this guy, and you make sure you say the bass player's uncle's name because, you know what I mean? You want to make sure it's the, the people that come in with, like, a, uh, an agenda, it doesn't, it doesn't make it great fun for me. But do you, but do you choose your guest? How do you choose your guests? Do you choose them because they, they're going to be maybe rent going through town doing a show or, or they have something to promote? And I feel like... There's a, there's like a tip there that you could kind of start with, and then knowing you, you'll take it in a completely different direction. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm not trying to feed you answers. But. No, no, no. I uh, it just you know it depends on when the guest gets here. You know, I just had one guy in here. He's a young guy. He's really only been doing it since last year, but he's like making a record with like real producer people and stuff, and uh, his. Life stuff was way more interesting than his musical career. The Levine guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Adri Levine. Yeah. How do you say his name? Adri. Adri. He's um he has a single coming out. He's distributing it through TuneCore this Friday. Yeah. Actually, which is going to be dated. Yeah. It, it. I should say he's distributing it on um, April twenty sixth. You know, I I get a lot of my things from publicists. A lot of my guests. So people are pitching you. Uh huh. So that's another thing. They have been for a few years. Okay. I mean. So- Pretty much since after the first year. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> um, you know, I, I want to like kind of break this up just to keep giving pointers out to people sure. about doing their own podcast. Um, and that's another thing. Like eventually you become like a a thought, I don't know, a thought leader or just like a center of influence kind of person yeah. um, where you're not, you know, producing a necessarily a, magazine or a publication or a tv show or anything but you're producing a podcast and it's a form of promotion for a lot of people so and you the thing that I love about it and if I was still a publicist or an artist manager what I love about it is that it lets the it lets your listeners see other sides of the of your artist and not just the musical side but lets people find out if you're you know interested in cooking or you're a big Bicyclist or right. something like that. Well, here's something for people that are... Because that's how you can, you know, market everybody better. Totally. When you get to know their personality. Yeah. And the one thing about it was when I came into doing it, I found the whole by going like, well, there's a lot of comedians talking to comedians, some filmmakers talking to filmmakers, actors talking to actors. There just weren't musicians talking to musicians. And since then, there have been a lot that have come out, but like... um for anyone starting a podcast, find your, find the whole, you know what I mean? Find your niche. And the one piece of advice that I didn't really follow that was given to me by really successful people was, <laughs> was uh, make it as specific as possible because that's, it sounds weird, but you can go look at, I mean, there's so many hundreds of thousands of podcasts to book now. too. It's easier to book. You have a you have a thing. You can find 
you know, it finding 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 a specific subject is is a pretty important thing. Yeah, that is great advice because yeah. it's easier for the podcast producer to book guests for to see if it fits into what they're doing, and it's easier for fans to find. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are you What are you trying to learn about people when you're doing a podcast, especially for people that you don't know that well? I mean, I, I know that you've got to have interviewed friends. Yeah. More, um, what about the people that you you don't really know so well? Just finding out what makes what drives them. You know what I mean, and that you can kind of get that through the story of who they are. And mostly the connection is what I'm looking for, like a connection. Once that sort of like, once the once I connect with the person, then there's a free-flowing openness. And what I'm looking for is just their story, honestly, you know? Yeah. It's hard to get people to relax enough to do that. It, I can imagine. I have some tricks, actually. Oh, you want to share them? Yeah, I start recording. Before, I don't say I'm recording. I just push the record, and I'm in the. We're in the middle of conversation. We're talking. I just sit down. We keep. If you go listen to my show, there's there's a point in almost every single one in the first five minutes where the person goes like, "Are we? Is this is this going?" Right. <laughs> and one that. way about it is that keeps them honest. Like, say for instance, this is extreme exaggeration, but say someone uses a fake accent. Right. They can't do it now. They've already been talking like a normal person and just being normal and like, you know what I mean? Right. And I, usually... I can't try to say button when I really say button. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Button. So button. you did that to me and when we first started recording yeah. to try to help me get more comfortable. And I was like nervous because I feel like I maybe had some, like just getting settled in the beginning, I maybe had some like Casey Kasem <laughs> <laughs> moments <laughs> that I didn't really want uh, on record. Just yeah. getting frustrated, like trying to make sure I didn't wasn't like breathing deeply into the microphone and that kind of stuff. You just can't take someone into a uh, up tempo record after a death dedication. Oh my! <laughs> People, you have to look that up. Just Google Casey Casey um, freaking out. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think, I think I've googled I that think before. You'll and find, it comes I think right you'll find up. it. Yeah. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um, do you have any crazy stories you want to share that you learned on the show? Yeah. I can tell you one that was pretty amazing. I mean, if they're really on the show, then I don't feel like we're invading anybody's privacy. Yeah, I won't name this person's name because they'll probably be pretty bummed out if they found out the truth. But there was a publicist. But it was on the show. It was on the show. But maybe they didn't listen to it? No, no, no. I don't think I've ever revealed it until much later. Okay. But a publicist came to me. Sometimes publicists Not have... Not a dirty story or anything like no, that. No, not at all. Okay. A publicist came to me... Uh, you know how sometimes a publicist will be like, hey, I've got this guy. And then you're like, okay, yeah, let's get him in. Oh, hey, but you know I also have this other guy. There was actually a publicist at Warner when I was at Warner Brothers who would I would hear her call somebody and go, hey, I got a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if you could still do that? It would be so much easier. Hey, I got a girl. It was very, um, what was that? What was that movie with um, Sidney Falco? No. The movie about publicists, The Sweet Smell of Success. Oh, I would watch that in a second. Oh, you got to watch it. Yeah, I love that world. I've, I have good friends. Did you ever know Amy Meyer? No. Now she works in like the rock latino? No. Okay. Anyway. Um, we're getting off topic. Yeah, we were getting off topic. Crazy so one story. time, 
a public sometimes a publicist will come to you with a thing and then they'll say I have this one guy he does this and then you'll be like yeah sure let's get him in and then they'll be like well you know I also have this other guy okay so in one email <laughs> I'm booking two guys with the same publicist that's called piggybacking piggybacking yeah I know it's good yeah, you know when you're a publicist that's what you try to do yeah, yeah. so I've got a 45 year old singer songwriter guy mm-hmm. and then a young rapper guy mm-hmm. African American guy mm-hmm. the other guy is like an old white guy mm-hmm. so. I'm waiting for the rapper guy. <laughs> I, I, op- I did all my research on the rapper guy. I think the, the, the singer-songwriter guy is coming next week, so I just barely like listen to his stuff or anything. And I open the door, and I'm like, hi. And he's like, hey, Johnny, I'm this guy that's doing a podcast with you. And I was like, oh, no. I messed up the dates. Oh. I switched the dude's names. Oh. And so I went into it not even knowing the guy's name. Not even know I didn't wasn't gonna ask him his name and I didn't want him to think I was a jackass. Well being disrespectful <laughs> by never being saying. Disrespectful. So I just never I just I just we just sat down and started talking and it was great. It was really Did he seem really, to feel like anything was weird? Or did no, he just seem like No, I think he even emailed he did. He emailed me afterwards. It was like that was one of the best interviews I ever did. And I was like <laughs> Wow. See, you really are a pro. It. You really are a pro then. Yeah, that... Because you made him feel comfortable. Yeah, I did have a lot of confidence that day. Uh, I have another <laughs> one where uh, where I, I still don't know why it happened, but a couple of... Uh, during South by Southwest, I get... Obviously, everyone's here. My location mm-hmm. physically is super yeah. easy to get to. People can even walk. Yeah. You know, it's a nice walk down the boardwalk and stuff. And so uh, some of them, I end up doing like 20 over like four days. Yeah. Uh, from people all over this, it's, it's awesome, right? I get to get people I don't normally get. And there was this, there was this hip hop guy. <laughs> he wrote me. He's like, "Hey, man, I'm in the parking lot." Oh no, no, no! His publicist wrote me. Hey, he's in your parking lot. He doesn't want to come in. <laughs> so that has been like burning <laughs> inside of me. I've wanted to ask why, like what, what happened? Did he like, he didn't like my apartment, so he didn't, like what's going on? So did I you, still, did you I ever still, find out? No. We have to find out. I should. We have to find out. Yeah, we need to find out why that guy didn't come in. I mean, now I need to know. He might have also been hung over. I've had those people. How did you originally get your podcasts out to the world? Could you remind me how people did things in 2011? The same way they do it now, but now it's so much easier, I think. Yeah, I mean... Were you on podcasts through Apple back then? Well, no, I found a uh, hosting site. That was that was a bit of work. Didn't and you that, have to get like accepted to be to go through Apple or something like yeah, that? Yeah, you still or have, have to your be accepted, website I think, or something. All that stuff. Yeah, um, I went through. There are a lot of podcast hosting sites, which I I recommend that you use because they handle all the distribution, like going through TuneCore. Mm-hmm. Like you just go to one place, you give them your thing, and boom, it's in all the places it needs to be. So, so there are sites that specifically distribute podcasts. There's tons of them. And they host them, too. you got to realize, too, these oh, are right. like, I mean, imagine. Big files. They're almost, I have almost 800 files that are almost, they're all almost over an hour long. Some of them two hours. I mean, that's huge. And, I mean, you do pay for the space. Right. Um, but they, they're these things where they grow incrementally. Like you get, you know, every month you have more space. Does that make sense? No. Um, it's like, like they can see how much you're using it. And so they, they give you a little bit extra every month. You pay a certain amount for a certain amount of space per month. Right. 
So that's what I do. Okay. And so I had to get kind of a big plan because I put out eight shows. You know, it's usually it's usually ten to twelve hours of of shows per month. Right. So. Do you want to give? You don't have to say the, what you use, but do I you use want to Podbean. Give, okay. Um, do you want to give like a general idea of like how much that costs to do eight? There shows? are different plans. Mine is. And obviously, prices are going to change. Prices are going to change. What, that's what it is today. You know, they're going to be more. 2019 in the spring. Right. They might be. Well, some might be less though too, because I'm thinking the technology has moved so far. The cloud thing has gotten yeah. so big since 2011. Yeah. It's weird. That is a long time ago it's, now. It's almost I mean, eight years ago. Things have changed. Things have changed tremendously. The iPod isn't part of my. When I first right. started this, right. You when, the other thing about going with with a distributor and and someone like Podbean and a host like that is they gather all of your data for you. I know how long people are listening, where people are listening from, down to the state in the United States, the country in the world. Wow. What platform they're listening on. So you're getting all those analytics. You're getting all of the analytics. And that's what the best thing is about going through a hosting site like that is they can, they have that infrastructure there so they can help you and do all that stuff. And it's all at the push of a button. Does that that inform... Um, any of your decisions on who to have as a guest? Like, oh, do you trying to get somebody from a certain country because you have a bigger listenership somewhere? No. Okay. No, I have a really big listenership for some reason in Australia. I think it started because of Robin Ludwig, and then I've since gotten a lot of Australian, I've gotten like straight up Australian bands on here. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, Australia and Germany and like the places where the Texas music people, you know how yeah. like Texas music no, people are popular in yeah. like France, Germany and Spain yeah. and the Netherlands. I got those. Um, so yeah, but back to this hosting thing. Yeah. So these things are great. They give you all the analytics. Uh, they've, they distribute all, they do all the distribution for you. They have their own patron thing where you can have people donate money oh, and be a cool. part of that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I highly recommend, I mean, the only one I can really recommend is Podbean and the analytics have gotten so much better over the last seven years, you know, uh, but it's worth it. And I think I pay, you know, you can just, no, give I, like I think, I, I think it's like $650 a year. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. I mean, you have a lot of data up there. Yeah. Yeah, so I always think about those big rooms, those huge warehouses in the in the desert or wherever they are with all the mainframes and then, like, tons of air conditioning. Yeah. Um, what about sponsors? Have you ever worked with any? Have you ever sought out sponsors for yeah. your podcast? Yeah, I've got some sponsors. Uh, um, uh, space, like, I've got some local sponsors. Space, uh, Pedal Maker English Electronics. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I do uh, Vistaprint. Do you That's play? Do you play some uh, something from them, or do you talk about it? I do it. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I d- I've also got uh, guitar uh, ultimate guitar. Okay. Dot com, um, and some other smaller ones like my friend Jason that I'm staying on his couch. He fixes guitars, but he gets <laughs> business through it. You know. Yeah. A lot of musicians listen to the show. He fixes guitars. Yeah. I mean, everybody needs. Every guitarist wants somebody trustworthy for yeah. that job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are there companies that help people get sponsors? I'm, sure, can, that, I'm sure that that has through to Through Podbean has a program where you can do that, and I do click on them, and they, if they see your things, they have added their, 
they, they have commercials and they just put it on. I request where it goes. Some people like it to go in the beginning. Some people like it to go in the middle. Mm-hmm. Personally, I, I like it to happen before the show even starts. <laughs> and that was kind of like my thing. So that way, like, there's no, like, in the middle of the thing, like, all right, we're going to. Step away. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to. Check out li- Squarespace. Right. Yeah. Totally squares. And to me, it really is very much a labor of love. Like, if it could just help you pay for that giant storage bill, it pays it more than it pays for it pays for the storage and the stickers. It'll pay for like some posters mm-hmm. and having the posters like artwork done. Yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, so you've done some live. Uh, yeah, I do some live. So. Is it a live podcast or is it just in front of a live audience and then it's published? Right, it's recorded it's live. It's recorded live, yeah, right. in front of a live audience. So that's another idea. Yeah. And that gets it out of the the studio, the home studio or the you know the recording studio into, yeah. I, into I was, town. I was trying to do them as an income source. Yeah. But the way that I was doing it and the amount of money that I was putting out for posters and, and uh, hiring a guy to record it and all mm-hmm. that stuff just wasn't matching the... The thing, so I decided to do them whenever someone asked me, and it's easy to do because they're hard to do. Yeah, no, it's a lot, and I, I think that it's it's actually a cool thing to add to an evening of entertainment as sure. opposed to just like it would be a cool thing to do with another. I don't know something else happening either before it or after it. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny is uh, I'm doing this 800th one, and it's live, and it's one with a big group of people. And I'm um, doing it at Cosmic Coffee, and it's the first one I've ever done there. And the guy that that owns it wrote me, and he was like, "Oh, you should have, you should play a set, and then they should play a set." And I'm like, "And the sitting around and talking for two hours, like it's exhausting." Yeah, and I, I mean, as an audience member, I don't think you're gonna then now watch a whole set by this person. I was like, "I no, just have something else and clear out the audience." You know, if they want to stay and see music, that's fine. But, yeah, or yeah. Ha- or like have people do like three songs each. Yeah, I've thought about doing that, you know. I've also thought about putting together a concert mm-hmm. sponsored by me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I'm always like, what, what am I putting together? i got to book my own shows. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you have so many great suggestions here. There's yeah. a lot of different things you can do. Any other um, parting suggestions, advice, encouragement for our listeners who are interested in starting a podcast? Yeah, I do have a suggestion. Um, take some time. I did spend 10 months before I started my podcast. Wow. Trying to figure stuff out. I did one a couple of months before I started it, and I went back and listened to it, and it was terrible. And then I just started spending time literally just talking on the microphone, like just talking by myself and going back and listening to it and stuff. Um... Was that to get your cadence down, or was that just to get comfortable talking on the mic? Well, I realized that I'm I'm kind of a smart aleck. Yeah. And that tone of sarcasm was was just ugly. It just kind of it didn't feel as warm as I feel like I am as a person. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. That I under I completely understand that yeah. when you I yeah this is another reason why we get along so well. I completely understand that because it just doesn't translate sometimes no it's you. I um, think you've become a very great podcast host. I think that you <laughs> in a very short period of time because you, you the one thing about about the way the the pace that I was doing it is I was doing podcasts every week for the first year, so I was doing it all and you come in and do like two in a day once every couple of months that's 
Well, I think, I, I truly believe that uh, you are the reason why I'm... Oh, thank you. ...got um, any kind of, like, better in any sort of fast yeah. time period. But um, the thing that's scariest for me is that, like, it's not, like, I... I want to make sure it's, you know, it works for for what we want to talk about at TuneCore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I want to thank you for having me as a guest. I was actually really honored and flattered that you asked me. I was like, oh, me? What? Oh my God, me? Yeah. I've only recorded 800. The lowly engineer? No. I've only. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's very meta. I really like yeah. things that are meta. But, I mean, you've recorded over 800. You know, that's yeah. just, you have a vast vast experience and advice to give people and so we really appreciate you well thank you you. joining us today yeah and you know the thing about starting a podcast too is just do it I mean there's enough things out there there's programs on GarageBand now that are real that are set up for podcasts and there's like if you don't have the equipment you can go to you know you can go online and find it you can go to like a guitar center or Mm -hmm. something and there are like podcast starter packets yeah with like I, the headphones yeah. and the microphone and you plug in a thing it did help so. that you were an engineer yeah because you had an idea of just recording right but um yeah I, and i think that what you said like have intention behind it and i guess you know don't expect it to take off immediately because it takes a while to grow something no i you know i, I yeah i mean i've never i've never advertised on anything and I've never hired a publicist. There have been times that I've wanted to, but I just was like, you know what? This is always, my audience needs to be real. I can't just get a bunch of people that come listen to it once and never come back again. So. And that's what works for you. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah that works best for me. Yeah. Well, thank you, Johnny Gowdy. Thank you, Amy um, Lombardi, for having me. From uh, How Did I Get Here, uh, for talking to us about your podcast. I was looking at my notes. Like, You're looking at, like, like you is, have Are we done here? South Austin <laughs> Moonlighters, your new album? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm doing the, right. the closeout. Um, this is Amy Lombardi from TuneCore, and you've been listening to our latest Music Made Me podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thanks for listening to Music Made Me, the TuneCore podcast. The opinions expressed in this episode are those of the individuals talking and don't necessarily reflect the opinions of TuneCore. Check out TuneCore.com to help you distribute your music, register your original songs worldwide, and more. Connect with us on all social channels at TuneCore. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. 